Hello, my name is Charles Kojo Van Dyke. I am the host of Alternative Convos. Alternative Convos is a discussion show at the intersection between social cohesion and social change in Africa. It is an alternative platform, a safe space for alternative views. Today's guest is Mutemi Wa Kiyama. Uh, he is a renowned Kenyan social justice activist and community organizer. And the discussion point for today is the struggle is real why citizen movements are reluctant to collaborate with traditional civil society entities. Mutemi, it's a pleasure for me to host you today. Uh, it's a pleasure to be on your podcast, Charles, uh, and an honor. Thank you so much for making time. And and so it's uh, for me, this is a, a topic that interests me and I think interests a lot of people. Um, the whole uh, conversation about solidarity and collaboration between uh, traditional civil society organizations or, you know, what we call the organized civil society and what we are seeing now as the organic social, the social movements or the citizens kind of movements. Uh, uh, there's a certain perception that there's a reluctance for collaboration uh, between these two entities. Is this perception rooted in fact? Um, it is rooted in fact, and I think it's rooted uh, from experience, the experience of uh, the people who have gone back and become you know, part of the catalyzing social movements, mm. uh, their own personal experience with the traditional NGO organizations. And from Kenya's perspective, mm -hmm. this is the, what I could, I could give to illustrate. So we have uh, what is said to be one of the largest uh, slum in the in Africa, although that has been disputed, called Kibra. Uh, there are quite a number of organizations in Kibra, uh, NGOs, both NGOs and INGOs. Uh, and they are always uh, profiling the people there, using them, you know, taking pictures of them and videos of them and using and writing you know, proposals using uh, that 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 neighborhood in terms of uh, developing and, and, and helping people come out of poverty or get sanitation or, mm. you know, or tackle the, the various issues that, uh, that, that face society. Um, and um, 30 years down the line, Islam is still there. Uh, so these guys grow up and then they're like, oh, you used us to do your proposals. Yeah. You took pictures of us to do your, to get your funding. That's right. You got your reports and nothing has changed in our, in our neighborhoods. We are still living the same life. Then what what really are you doing, you know? And the social movements, of course, are coming from that realization. So people are organizing themselves so they can tackle their their local. And see, our politics is, is local, so they are tackling local issues. And um, every time now, if the NGOs come uh, to to those spaces, uh, the local the locals, the people organizing the social movements feel like they are being they are coming to help them out. Mm. And 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 that is basically take them out of that yeah of that space because they've built trust with those communities yeah they built trust yeah. I mean it's 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 their communities mm. so and they know uh, they're able to organize conversations around finding solutions for the challenges that they're having mm. um, and they also know that uh, the INGOs are very well or the NGOs are very well funded they are they are quite well resourced um, 
and the social movements are trying to mobilize resources from the communities. That's right. And what has happened in, in Kenya uh, lately is that uh, we have the social justice movement yeah. um, that has been able to mobilize small community justice centers uh, across the country. And even then you find accessing resources is a challenge mm. unless they access through another organization. So, so you find like their programs are domiciled in the other established NGOs. Uh, of course, so the established NGOs are hosting them, and they are hosting them. I'm still trying to basically uh, provide them funding, provide uh, fundraise on their behalf, fundraise on their behalf. You no, know, okay. we have and also manage the grants on their behalf. He's not building the capacity of these social movements to fund mm. their own grants. Of course, they are, they are uh, their own grants. They are their challenges, uh, their challenges of accountability. Part of the work that I do as a movement builder is um, train activists mm -hmm. and social movement leaders and members on how to basically envision, come up with a vision mm. and come up with a, a plan, you know, a plan that can then be, you know, shared with a donor to show that you, you actually have an idea of what it is that you want to do to address the issues that you want to address, which is what NGOs have been leveraging. NGOs leverage that um, they're able to do proposals and the strategic planning and that kind of thing. Yes. So you're taking this knowledge and taking it back to the community, to the community, so mm -hmm. the communities can be able to take charge of their own, of their own, uh, which are also threatening to, to the NGOs because yes, <laughs> yes, yeah, certainly they are bread and butter. <laughs> programming people are like you want to render as you know, jobless and that yeah. kind of thing. So, so there's that contestation. Mm. Yeah. So uh, it's interesting uh, what you said because exactly the same kind of um, contestation is happening in Nigeria, in Ghana. Uh, in fact, there's been some calls that uh, the movements, you know, uh, are unfortunately being forced to formalize to 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 try and get some of this so-called institutional funding and then they are losing their actual original flexible adaptable uh kind of character uh, which is also causing some tensions with with traditional traditional NGOs. so in, in your mind is there a possibility that these two uh forces which i i believe are very important forces for social change could actually work better together and is there a, a possibility that this can happen Actually, um, uh, Charles, that's that's personal what I'd like to see, because uh, these people, these the people who are working in the NGO space, mm. um, NGO, you know, program officers, program managers, and that kind of thing. These are people who are highly, extremely highly trained. Uh, they have skill sets and cap uh, and capacities that some of the community members in social movements might not have or may not even be able to develop because of you know. Uh, the very highly educated Africans working for these, you know, NGOs. Yes. And it would be prudent to find ways for them to then be able to work with their communities to bring that expertise to help them manage, to help, to help them even access funding in terms of where where uh, uh, social movements are struggling in terms of actually seeing a vision. You know, they have a vision. But yes. are they able to put it on paper in a way that someone else will be able to read and see this what these guys want to achieve? These are the activities that they will, mm -hmm. you know, the logical framework and that kind of thing. Yeah. Put it in a strategic put kind of strategy kind of way. Yeah. So so I, I think the the fear that people in the NGO world have that they, they will lose jobs if social workers become successful, I think it's unfounded. Because um 
the, the skills that is needed to make this, these programs within the, the community succeed are with the, with the NGO, people who, are, who have worked for NGOs. And people from NGOs also, you know, they've also, they've also been trained on how to be self, to drive themselves and their agenda. To be able to take on a project and drive it from zero to, to delivery. Um, uh, without being pushed to the, you know, you develop your own concept, you fundraise for it and you, uh, and mobilize the, the other resources, human and others to be able to achieve that project, which is what our communities across the continent need. So I think, uh, that fear and that, that's, uh, part, part of what I'm working on as a movement builder, uh, as a community organizer is to, to try and overcome that mistrust, which is justified. Mm. Uh, but how are you trying to do that? I mean, I find. What you're saying very interesting. How are you trying to overcome that so, so that mistrust? So, so f first of all, by bringing uh, when we do this, the training that we do, mm. uh, there's a there's a training we call the first exposure training, uh, and basically what this training is about is is, uh, is about understanding power, uh, and then stakeholders being able to map power and stakeholder stakeholders around an issue, uh, and when you do that, the tools that we use then. In that, in that, when you do a spectrum of who are the who are the people who around an issue, whatever it's water provision of water, or it's healthcare, or it's what. Once you do the spectrum impartially, then you're able to see some of the people you consider your your rival might actually be your allies, your potential allies. That's true. And then when you conduct this uh, this exercise, this strategic exercise with both NGOs and social movements in the room, then they start seeing how it will be more prudent for them to cooperate rather than to compete for these resources. Yeah. Uh, but also NGOs that... Um, so you are basically subscribing to a sort of competition, collaboration, yeah, and an advantage in collaboration. Yeah, and if you look at it, also the models that have worked uh, effectively within the NGO and is actually where you a basket. Yeah. And then uh, other organizations then dip into that basket, uh, you know, when we see one rights, uh, people are working on different areas of human rights rather than competing for the, you know, sending proposals to the same donor. Uh, and then you're all getting, you know, small bits here and there, and you're all doing the same work, um, and then you're competing with each other. Mm. So collaboration instead of uh, competition. Yes. No, I mean, it's great. It's good, it's good to hear this. And I, I think that we definitely need a lot more collaboration and a lot more solidarity. Uh, so who should be doing the reaching out? I know this would be a weird question. Should the movements be reaching out to the traditional civil society organizations or to the, should the national and local civil society organizations be reaching out to the movements? Um, I think right now, because basically from, uh, from the point of, you know, if you, if you think about a family, mm -hmm. uh, the NGOs are the elders in these relationships. <laughs> yeah. uh, and so I think it would be prudent for them but also in terms of capacity and resources, uh, mm. they are better equipped to, to be magnanimous, actually, it's actually magnanimity, to be able to bridge that, uh, that gap, you know. Uh, so, so I, and, I, and I've seen some of them do that here in Kenya. They still have struggle in terms of even their officers understanding. I see, I've seen leadership try to push towards that, but the technical uh, officers within those organizations, some of them do not understand where they're doing this because, of course, they've been, um, you know, brought up in that space of uh, uh, programming and, 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 and activity-based modeling, you know. Uh, so one of the things that uh, social movements are very good at is being able to pivot on issues as they match, mm. which is not how programming wants. Programming... They're very experimental. 
they are very experimental. They are very they react radical, radical, reactionary in uh, a short term, you know, and which is not how uh, an NGO with a strategic plan, five-year strategic plan. Yeah, what want to go? Yeah, <laughs> want to go. Yeah. So it's uh, how do you find? You know, um, uh, I think the way to find that synergy would be for the NGO. Uh, and its funders, its donors, because donors are also play a very big role here in terms of. Uh, uh, let me let me let me call it. Um, these are, let me give you a very interesting story. Actually, sure, that'll be great. So, uh, there's this force soldiers who come to they're in a military base, and uh, every 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 day, mm. the morning force soldiers come stand around a certain stone, block mm. of stone, and then every four hours they are replaced by another. You know that shift goes all throughout the, the night, and so one day a soldier asks, um, "Why why are we guarding this block of stone?" You know, uh, <laughs> the, the, the ultimate question. Yeah. <laughs> the CEO, the commanding officer could not answer. So the commanding officer actually decided to go and find out why we guarding that stone. Yeah. And for how long have we been doing it? And they discovered they've been doing it for 80 years. You know, that was the tradition. 80 years? 80 years. Wow. And what the story was, was that uh, at some point, the order to do, that was that block of, uh, of stone was meant to be the base of a certain monument. Yeah. And so when it was constructed to avoid animals and birds and people traveling on it, before it dried, uh, this, the then CEO placed four soldiers to look after eight for mm-hmm. a day or so, and then once it dries, move on. And then the guy was transferred. <laughs> oh my goodness, <laughs> that was eight years ago. Eight years ago. <laughs> so these guys just continued doing it without knowing what they're doing. And I think that's the kind of situation <laughs> we find ourselves in. You know, like this is the way we do things. Mm-hmm. Don't ask ourselves. Why do we do these things this way? Why can't we find a, a new way of doing it? Can we do it? You know, can it be more effective? Uh, and I think it can. I think once you start uh, getting out of the box, if you can use that language, then yeah. then 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 it's possible to mm. find out even the fears that uh, people have and found it. So NGOs can, can can come down and 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 try and work with social movements and guide them. And some are some are trying to do that. Uh, then I think we'd have progress. Excellent, excellent. You know, there are some who have come up with a very interesting model. They call it the hybrid. You know, these are movements, but they 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 may have certain formal structures to just to respond to their operation. Uh, for example, we are me and you are very familiar with Africans Rising. Uh, some have questioned whether that is a potent way of of letting a movement evolve uh, because uh, it may lose its identity, etc. Um, do you subscribe to the hybrid? Is the hybrid the way to go to connect both traditional civil society work and movement work? Actually, the the word movement itself yes. is that is the hybrid. Oh, yeah. The word movement itself, yeah. movement, smoking okay. is actually the hybrid. Actually, that's what we 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 we, we train on in terms of uh, understanding that. In this way, NGOs are formal organizations. Okay, uh, activists as they react to issues. So, what is the what is the the, the what, what are the good things about NGOs? What are the good things about activists responding to issues um, before they become social movements? And you pick, actually, we have an exercise where you have movement versus organization, no, uh, uh, organization versus movement, and then you plot those things on a chart. 
and you look at the, the, the differences. The differences, yeah. Oh, okay. The differences, and uh, just you just do popcorn. You you know you 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 you, you shout. You know, organizations are long term. They they have four more hours. They have a physical space space office. Mm. They have a strategic plan made mm. or whatever. Uh, and and what about no protest actually? It's protest versus uh, organization. Mm. So initially. Communities react as protests, protesting mm-hmm. some of the challenge that is happening. So, so what is the protest? Protests are spontaneous, they are fun, they are loud, they are, you know, all these things. Mm-hmm. So how do you measure the two? So you look for, uh, they also sometimes are growing. Uh, organizations sometimes are boring. <laughs> yeah. They don't react to issues. So yeah. I didn't they're know they're all even the fun for yeah. whatever. You want to work in a, in a fun organization. And movements now are the answer to that. Movements is actually what you bring the best in organizations and best in protest and then you create a movement. So it's fun to be, it's a fun space to, to work in, it's a fun space to try and solve problems. It's spontane- it has spontaneity, but also it has planning. It has strategic planning, you know, it just doing things without thinking them through, without, uh, without, without, without planning. So that is the space, that is a, that's a, that's where the nexus, um, um, where you bring in what traditional NGOs are good at and what projects are good at and then strategically now bring them together and marry them. And that creates the movement. It's a movement. That's amazing. I didn't know that. That's amazing. Yeah. So, yeah, okay. So, um, this has been a wonderful conversation. With him. So, just to end, and I usually like to end with, you know, something that can, like a clarion call, um, uh, l- looking at what is happening in our countries. Uh, things are becoming more difficult. Uh, democracy is being threatened. In fact, a lot of young people, uh, and I believe even though you celebrated your golden <laughs> jubilee, you are young at heart. So they are questioning the governance infrastructure, the dividends, which doesn't seem to be coming from democracy. Um, they are questioning a lot of uh, uh, whether they are being represented, whether it's in parliament or by civil society organizations. They are even questioning, there are even questions in movements now. There's a lot of fracas in yeah. <laughs> internal combustion in movements, people. So there's a certain discomfort. Everywhere. What would you? What would be your clarion call? You've been doing this work for a while. What would be your clarion call to young Africans, uh, whether they are working in traditional civil society or they're working movement? What do we need to do practically uh, to become that force for the change we are looking for? So um, um, my advice would be uh, when we look at uh, our governance systems. Uh, let's let's look at our governments also, or states. Um, that these states were not created for us; they were created to work for our colonizers. Uh, and you've tried to reform the states as we move that, which has proven to be a challenge. Mm. And that then permits to the rest of the society. Mm. And when you talk about democracy, uh, uh, sometimes people confuse democracy in the elections. Uh, the Western model of uh, elections. And but I want to put it to Charles that uh, we had we had even more democratic systems in our traditional societies in mm. this way. We had councils, I don't know, council of elders, and some communities had moved these councils all the way to the village, each village had a council. So that, uh, they tried to seek, you know, council and solutions together uh, for the challenges that they were facing. And, uh, and to become a member of that council, then used to be a very democratic process. From birth, you had to go certain through certain rituals. Your parents had to do some things. Your clan had to be in. So that if you have an uncle who went and misbehaved somewhere out there, 
Uh, your chance of becoming an elder would be nil because if your community, if your queen, so you are punished that, according to your DNA. Yeah, cannot you take care of, uh, of whatever of, okay. of, of, of yourselves? How can you take care of the community? And whether so your your character is being observed by the entire community and deciding whether you can become a leader. Of course, you'll be selected. It's an action. It's not an action. Like the word we used. In fact, a, a friend of mine tried uh, to imagine a Kenya without elections and was saying, what if we, based on the numbers, the percentage of each community, we asked each community, give us a certain, this percentage of people, 10% or 17%, based using your traditional modes of selective leadership. And we, 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 we laughed that most probably none of the current elected leader in Kenya or at any position would actually make it through that process. Because those processes were thorough and democratic and the entire community was involved. So uh, my advice would be for the young people to start imagining, look back, we might have lost that history. That's right. Uh, we had governance systems that worked. Let's imagine different, um, I'm not saying let's go back and adopt what forever, but we could see what can we learn from the past and try and adopt it today. Because people seem stuck on the same, same model, you know, the Westminster and whatever model. Mm. Uh, uh, that's not even working in the UK. It's not working in the U.S. because uh, if you look at uh, the kind of leadership that <laughs> system is producing, okay, it's not working. So why are we trying to make something that is not really working where it was it came from to work in Africa? So can we imagine a different Africa? So I think my challenge to the young people is imagine a different governance system, and then start practicing in your social movements in your organizations, PTC. Have lead leadership that is not contestations. You're not competing. I know of uh, communities, African communities, that if uh, I, you and I fought over an issue, they would sit every day in the town, town, town square, every day until we, we agree. And they would sit for weeks or even months so that nobody leaves that place feeling that they are grieved, that someone won and someone lost. And it's consensus in purity. Mm-hmm. I think that is the African way. So if Africans can, can start finding uh, let's get out of this model or this capitalist model of, uh, and I'm not talking about capitalists in terms of in terms of the the negatives of it of competition and and you know competing for nothing. You know when you think about it, ultimately, uh, I saw a video today whereby a girl went to the grave and he's looking at all the kids and he's asking who was president, who was the model, who was the most handsome of you all, <laughs> who was the most beautiful, the own six feet and yeah. at the end of it all, some of these things maybe don't even matter. Fantastic. Beautiful. I love that. So thank you. Thank you so much for talking to me. Uh, I'm grateful. And I, I believe it was an amazing, amazing conversation. Thank you so much, Mutemi. And all the best with your work. Asante, son. And welcome to Kenya. Thank you.